This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash mikeadelic and get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day free trial. Uh, I love audible.com. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I listen to many audiobooks and listening to audiobooks is perfect, especially for people who like to listen to podcasts. Sometimes you find yourself in situations where you can't actually read a book and it's good to uh, pop in the headphones and listen to a book. Uh, some of the books that uh, I've listened to recently are Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday and Choose Yourself by James Altucher. And I really like these books because they're read by the author. And it's uh, it's really great. I'm a huge fan of Audible.com. They're really, really good platform uh, for, for listening to audiobooks. And they have a great team over there, great policy. Um, essentially, you can get a book and, and listen to it. And within a year, if you uh, don't like it or you want to return it for some reason, uh, they, they allow you to do that. It's, uh, it's a great membership to have. And uh, I highly recommend it. Go check it out. That's audibletrial.com slash mikeadelic, and you get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. So that's uh, one way you can help support the podcast. Uh, another way is uh, by going to my website, mikebrank.com. That's B-R-A-N-C.com. And on my website, you'll see that I have an Amazon affiliate link there. And uh, if you shop on Amazon already... Uh, you can just click through that link, and anything you buy, uh, I'll get a little small percentage of. So you can help the podcast, support the podcast at no extra cost to you whatsoever. Um, there's also a Wim Hof uh, promotion on my website as well, another program that I support uh, where I also earn a little tiny, tiny percentage of commission uh, for promoting uh, these these things, and like I said, at no extra cost to you. So the Amazon link and everything that's on there and audibletrial.com slash mikeadelic, uh, go check that out. And, um, and yeah, and I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Thanks. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the, opportunity. the opportunity. The opportunity. Today with me, I'm very pleased to have director of the Zendo Project, Sarah Gale. Hey Sarah, how you doing? Hi, wonderful. Thank you for having me. Of course, thanks for coming on. So we were chatting a little bit just before we started recording about 
your, your other role as the MAPS Harm Reduction Training and Education Coordinator, and now you have the, the lead of the Zendo Project. Um, to people that are unfamiliar uh, with, with uh, these things, why don't we start a little bit first with uh, MAPS uh, as a whole, the, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that and how you got involved with, uh, with MAPS. Yeah, absolutely. So um, MAPS is an organization that was founded in 1986 by Rick Doblin, who's the director. And um, essentially, the mission of MAPS is to help, um, they help develop medical, legal, and cultural context for people to benefit from careful uses of psychedelics and marijuana. And um, I have worked for it with MAPS for about uh, five years now. And I work for a project of MAPS called the Zendo Project. And the Zendo Project is a peer support community outreach pro psychedelic harm reduction program. So what we do is we go to events um, specifically transformational festivals all over the world. And we create safe spaces for people to come who are having difficult or overwhelming psychedelic experiences. And uh, we also provide education to the public. So we do that online. We have recorded trainings and we do individual and group trainings as well. And um, that help people learn how to uh, deal with difficult psychedelic experiences. And so our, our mission is kind of uh, twofold. We're creating direct service at events, and then we're also providing education to the public. And one of our main missions is to help to reduce unnecessary hospitalizations and arrests that ha can happen mm -hmm. with difficult experiences. And I think that... Um, you know, a lot of people who, who might be listening to this podcast today are uh, familiar with or have been witness to situations at music events or festivals where people might be struggling and having a hard time and, uh, you know, law enforcement comes in and has to intervene or um, they end up, you know, being uh, sent to a hospital. And what we really um, feel at the, at the Zendo is that a lot of these situations can be um, transformed and averted and de-escalated so that those situations, you know, don't have to when, when there's not a physical component, when there's not a potential medical uh, issue happening, that these situations can be de-escalated and, and dealt with by, by the community and by trained volunteers. And... Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's a much needed service and so thank you for for partaking in that much needed service in our society. Uh I feel like so many of the problems that we encounter are from uh this kind of authoritarian, you know, strict kind of position where people don't really have an understanding of what they're dealing with. But you guys uh are filling that that gap because you guys have the understanding of what someone is going through. Uh, and and so forth with someone's dealing with, and you know how to provide the right container for for that sort of experience that someone might be having with uh, with these very um, you know serious uh, psychedelic uh, substances. Uh, some of these are you know. Um, uh, did you yourself have experiences like this? Um, I'm curious to to know what led you to this line of work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So I'm, a, I guess a little bit more about my background is I, I am a psychotherapist mm-hmm. and I have a private practice in Boulder, Colorado, and I, I practice transpersonal counseling, which can be seen as, as spiritual counseling. So the work that I do with others really takes into account their experiences of their spirituality, um, their exploration of their purpose. It's very, a uh, very holistic um, practice and transpersonal psychology actually was really birthed um, by uh, the term transpersonal psychology was uh, founded by um, Stan Groff and his work. And so a lot of transpersonal psychology was really rooted in the psychedelic movement of the 60s. So um, I work in my private practice with people who are experiencing non-ordinary states of consciousness. And that includes people who are working to integrate previous spiritual and, and psychedelic experiences, as well as people um, who are also experiencing um, psychosis and things like schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's a little bit about what I'm, I'm up to in my private practice. And I'm also a, a therapist on a study, a MAP study in Boulder using MDMA for the treatment of PTSD. So, um, I really, uh, right. That's the, um, MDMA assisted psychotherapy program. Yes. MDMA assisted psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I've been involved in this particular work, as I said, for about five years. And prior to that, um, my own experience with my personal experience with drugs and with psychedelics, uh, began at a pretty young age. I started using, um, LSD, psilocybin when I was pretty young in high school. And, and I didn't really know what I was getting into, I think, as, as many people do when they're in high school and exploring with psychedelics. It wasn't a intention to, it wasn't a conscious intention to heal or explore aspects of myself. It was more a desire to escape from myself and get away from uh, the difficulties and challenges of adolescence. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a father actually who was a, a heroin addict and who died um, when I was rather young from heroin. So my experiences with, with drugs were pretty complex when I was <laughs> in high school when I was younger. Right. Yeah. And, um, the information I, I, I'm, uh, I'm 32. So when I was, uh, in, in school, um, the information or lack thereof that we were getting in the education wasn't there for anyone to really understand what was going on with all kinds of drugs and substances and the role that they play in human psychology and our understanding of, you know, ourself and all this stuff. It was just like dare they're the dare program. If you take LSD, you'll jump out of a building. So stay away. Right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's sadly what we haven't come very far <laughs> um, when it comes to drug education in schools. And there is momentum and there are shifts happening. But yes, it's uh, a lot of it is, is still very much the same. And so I did have a number of experiences when I was younger that were um, challenging. Um, a couple experiences that really stand out. And uh, one where I was really helped by somebody and actually received the support that I needed where it could have gone uh, much worse and it didn't because I had that support. And then I had a couple where I didn't really have that support and felt the lack of it. And, and later on that really influenced um, my desire to support people who are, are having challenging experiences. And a lot of the volunteers that we have that come to the Zendo 
have had experiences where um, where they were in a difficult place and either received help or didn't receive help. And so they either want to pay it forward or they really want to help provide something that was missing for them. So yeah, um, substances for me, drugs for me really began as a, as a recreational exploration and really transformed into um, something else. My relationship with them uh, transformed over the years into something else entirely until uh, I never imagined, you know, when I was, a uh, young high school student kind of experimenting with psychedelics that I would be now doing research into the therapeutic uses of them. So that's pretty fascinating, the, the path. <laughs> yeah, that is that is uh, pretty fascinating. I myself couldn't even imagine that this would be a field of study or that we'd be having this conversation uh, right now. Um, you know, what I, what I was exposed to or what, what I was taught and, and told uh, as a kid. But so did, did, do you think that psychedelics kind of, uh, opened your mind to the possibilities of, or just, you know, exploring human consciousness and kind of what makes us, or, or did that come first? Was your interest in, um, therapy and, and, and that sort of thing influenced and, or rather, were you interested in that first or was it the psychedelics that kind of opened you up, do you think, maybe to, to that line of, of work? I'd say that it was a, a few things, namely um, meditation, finding meditation, mm. as well as nature and nature connection work, as well as psychedelics. And I think that those things um, became my medication. They became my tools for, for helping me survive my adolescence and in my early adulthood, I think is a challenging time for, for most of us. And so uh, those, those tools uh, really did influence me. And I'd say that I, I absolutely would not be um, where I am today in terms of my, my spiritual gro- growth and my personal growth if it weren't for um, psychedelic exploration. So yeah, it's kind of a, a chicken or the egg thing because I think there has to be a certain amount of openness mm-hmm. and curiosity to even begin to explore with these these technologies. And at the same time, uh, I think a lot of people stumble into the personal growth aspect of it. They enter through the the sort of, um, oh, this is, this is a drug, this is going to maybe help me feel something. I think that there's always a subconscious desire for healing, always a subconscious desire for growth. Even when people take drugs that we um, might say have no therapeutic value or no therapeutic potential, um, when people are taking a substance is because they want to feel better, um, whether it's heroin or methamphetamine or, um, or whether it's LSD uh, or cannabis. You know, people do uh, substances to feel better. And when we take substances consciously for personal growth or for therapeutic growth, uh, there's still that there's the knowing that there's going to be um, a difficult period of time as we work through whatever we need to work through and get out the other side. But the end desire is for us to be more at peace. And I think that that's one thing that the Zendo Project really uh, holds the space for, you know, in a, in a therapeutic setting with psychedelics, it's expected that there's going to be difficulty that's going to arise if you're working with, uh, if you're working with something like PTSD or, or end of life anxiety, you're expected that you're expecting that the uh, experience is going to bring up emotions for the individual and help them process those emotions. And that's really what we're looking for in therapy in general is, 
to get people in their emotions and in contact with their feelings and to express and move through those. And so uh, I think that, you know, that's a given in that context, but in the recreational context where the Zendo provides services, we are in these environments where people have all kinds of intentions and different levels of consciousness and awareness around substance use. And so some people might be taking something consciously to expand their awareness and grow and heal. And other people are, might be taking something to escape or run away from themselves. But I think that the, the interesting thing about psychedelics is even if we're using them to try to escape or run away, they have a tendency to bring us directly to the things that we're trying to escape from. And that's often when people end up in the Zendo where their experience of, of whatever's coming up for them that is catalyzed by the psychedelic it doesn't feel like it has a home or a place, a safe place out in a recreational festival environment sometimes. And so that's when that there's a conflict between what's coming up and the setting, right? The environment. And so the Zendo creates that setting for people to be able to just, um, to surrender and, and go into what is arising for them. Right. Yes. The, the infamous pairing of set and setting and the importance of that, um, yeah, you said a lot of great things there. And I just want to touch a little bit on some of the healing aspects. And then we can talk a little bit more about Zendo and some festival stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, on your website, it says uh, integrative therapy treats the whole person and is rooted in the uh, recognition that the mind, body and spirit reflect and inform one another. Now that that's something that is, um, for some people, scary. You know, and that's why they do uh, go towards things that uh, tend to kind of numb the emotion and, and, and kind of put a Band-Aid on a, on a bullet wound, so to speak. Some people don't even realize that they have kind of deep-rooted, uh, maybe early childhood type of psychological trauma going on. And then they think they're going to just have fun by taking some LSD or some mushrooms, some psilocybin mushrooms or something. And then they end up in the Zendo, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that the, definitely the majority of people of us humans are, are not aware of what's in our subconscious and what we've suppressed or repressed in order to, to be part of a dysfunctional society. Um, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. the society that we are part of is, is dysfunctional. And so in order to adapt to it and appear sane <laughs> and appear healthy, um, we have to kind of negate or suppress aspects of ourselves. And that's what, um, you know, psychologists, uh, like Carl Jung and Freud, uh, sorry, Carl Jung and Freud described as, you know, our subconscious. And so the subconscious is really what emerges in a big way um, during the psychedelic experience. And so, yeah, a lot of people are really caught off guard and, and really, really surprised um, when those things come up and, and they can feel shame. Uh, mm -hmm. That's really common for people to, to feel shame and come into the Zendo and um, be very apologetic about their experience and um, apologetic for burdening others with their experience. And I think that that's symbolic of a culture that has suppressed a lot and that does not make space or not make room for um, safe emotional expression. And I think we have these places in our society. We have, you know, therapists and we also have a, a pretty, um, 
a pretty sad mental health system right now uh, that really it's due for an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, very sad. I, I, I forget uh, a couple of things I, I saw that were interesting regarding the mental health system. It was uh, uh, there was I remember reading like a study that uh, some professor uh, enrolled his students into a mental health uh, hospital and uh, asked them to talk their way out of it. And, and they couldn't. Uh, they were deemed to be crazy, um, and they they couldn't they couldn't get out of the uh, mental institution. Yeah, it's it's we people say that you can just go crazy just from being locked in there. You know the the way that they treat people. And I myself, I'm I'm someone with a family member who suffers from uh, schizophrenia and uh, you know ter- terrible um, mental illness, and just does not get the treatment uh, that he needs. And unfortunately, uh, that's a sad state of affairs. But as far as, uh, you know, working with people in the, in the Zendo, is this kind of like almost an alternative to, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to make the comparison to mental illness, but when someone's going through a tough time, I mean, this Zendo is more of an atmosphere for someone who's encountering some traumatic things going on within their consciousness. Uh, correct. It's like a safe container for, for that sort of mind state, right? Yes. Um, so we, we do see people in the Zendo, people do end up coming to us in who are not on substances. So we, um, you know, we're a psychedelic harm reduction project, but of course, when you're at an event, you're at a festival, um, there's, there's a lot happening. There's a lot of stimulation. There's a lot of music activities, uh, and then more just environmental stimulation, dehydration, hunger, <laughs> sleep deprivation. <laughs> and so uh, people come to us who are not actively on a substance and, um, who are processing things as well. And we also get uh, people who are in the space who are experiencing what might be uh, underlying mental health issues. You know, there's a lot of parallels in the way that we treat um, difficult psychedelic experiences and uh, the ways that we treat things like psychosis and schizophrenia. There's so many parallels. They're so overlapping. And um, part of what I really hope for in the future is uh, is more dialogue around that relationship, around that um, connection there, because they um, essentially you're working with very similar things. You're working with the um, the arising of subconscious material um, that has been repressed for somebody's maybe entire life. And you know, there's a lot of debate in the mental health community around schizophrenia and psychosis. But what it comes down to is that without a holistic, uh, spiritually oriented perspective, um, we are not actually able to understand things like psychosis and schizophrenia. And so the way that we treat those right now is predominantly with with medication. And so, um, yeah, what we really see is that uh, in whether it's a psychosis or a schizophrenic experience or um, a psychedelic experience, you're working with a lot of uh, subconscious material that is coming up. And so I think that that's where, you know, they're obviously not the same thing. Um, that being said, uh, there's, there's a lot of parallels to both the presentation as well as how those states are dealt with in our society. And so we see, um, we, we see a spectrum of things in the Zendo. 
Um, and some are related to, most are related to psychedelic use and some are not. Some are related to other things happening, other underlying um, things happening for an individual. Yeah. I mean, I know myself, have you ever guys, have you guys ever, um, set up a, a Zendo at Coachella music festival? <laughs> uh, we haven't yet. There's, there's been, um, discussion of opening up to larger events, larger festivals. And we've had conversations with um, producers at larger events and, um, we've been growing over the past five years and we've been trying to kind of take it step by step and, uh, we, we may be, you know, there's so many events that we could possibly be expanding to. And that's part of why, you know, as a nonprofit, we have, we are pretty limited in our scope in terms of how many, um, festivals we're able to expand to on an annual basis as we're trying to get more and more, you know, financial, um, and community support for the, for the work. Um, but that's where the education piece comes in. Um, the Zendo is, is available to provide education to, um, medical providers at festivals to, um, to people who are already doing some form of maybe not psychedelic harm reduction, but there's, there's certain groups at different events that go around and, um, such as ground control for insomniac events or the plur angels, um, certain people that go around, uh, at events and kind of check in and make sure people are okay and give them water. And so what we're trying to focus on right now is how can we bring our training to those kinds of groups, to, uh, security, to law enforcement, medical providers so that um, this information becomes uh, widespread and it becomes mainstream. And then, um, you know, there's also the possibility of having Zendo spaces at these events themselves, but the information and the tools on how to, um, how to work with someone are out there in the community. So that's really what we're, what, a lot of what we're focusing on right now is the education piece. And so that's something that we are um, looking at for these larger festivals. And cool. I yeah. wasn't <laughs> sure if they had uh, a Zendo there. And, you know, I had recently just become aware of, of the Zendo project and I just thought it was such a great thing. And, and wow, it, it could totally be used uh, at that place. I mean, there could, you guys would have like a line at the door <laughs> over yep. there, which uh, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but Anyhow, there, the, the, the education, the work that you're doing is extremely important. I mean, I, I, as far as I see this, I think that um, this is a much-needed service to humanity. And so what, what, um, what is a typical day of working at the, at the Zendo um, look like? Hmm. I guess there's no typical day, but... Yeah, that's the criteria, I'd say. Um, yeah, so we, um, I can share a little bit about the festivals that we have been to, to kind sure. of give setting. So um, we started at Burning Man, and so that's a pretty big event. Yeah. There's 70,000 people and climbing every year. And uh, we go to Africa Burn, which is Africa's regional burn event, and that's the largest regional burn in the world at about a little over 10,000 people. We also go to Envision Festival in Costa Rica every year in February. We go to Lightning in a Bottle in Bradley, California. And we also go to Symbiosis in Oakdale, California. And we do a number of smaller events as well. And so it really, uh, 
varies depending on the event that we're at, how busy we are. Obviously, at the bigger events, we tend to be busier. And um, we really see a wide variety of experiences, everything from people who are self-admitting coming in by themselves and saying, you know, this is what I'm struggling with and I, I took something and this is what's coming up for me and I just want to to talk with someone. So there, there's that, right? So the person is able to uh, walk to us and find us. <laughs> um, and then there is, are people who are brought in brought in by um, medical, brought in by uh, at times law enforcement, or brought in by friends, and or people who just find them. And those are the situations where people are, might be having more extreme experiences, uh, often of ego death and dis- dissolution and completely um, out of consensus reality and can you um can you talk a little bit about that real quick just what you mentioned ego death uh, and disillusionment mm-hmm. yeah so uh, with the psychedelic experience kind of regardless of what substance you're taking if you are um, taking the right dose of something meaning a certain threshold dose of something um, or you are particularly sensitive to that substance, or it might be your first time taking it. Um, this experience of ego death or ego dissolution is something that's been discussed in, for you know in the West since the '60s, and but but long before that, probably. And you know, psychedelics have been used for thousands and thousands of years by different cultures um, for for healing use. And in use for use in ceremony and ritual mm-hmm. for individual uh, as well as community and collective healing rituals. And so, and this experience of ego death or ego dissolution um, can be described as I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to, to give the full description of what that is um, in a sentence, but it's definitely um, marked by transcending time and space. So not being aware of, of yourself in time and space, um, transcending your, um, your ego. So not being aware of yourself as a separate being. So experiences that people describe as being one with the universe of being one with God. Mm-hmm. So, um, being outside of a verbal, um, a nonverbal experience where people are not necessarily tied to language. So, um, those three kind of criteria are, are some of the, um, the criteria named in, in the book, the psychedelic experience, mm-hmm. uh, was written by Timothy Leary. And so, you know, out, outside of space, time, reality, outside of language and outside of self, outside of the ego. And so those, uh, ego death experiences can be, um, some of the most beautiful uh, transformational experiences that one can have on a substance on a psychedelic and if we're not prepared for them and we uh, don't have experience with them or we are not aware that that is a possibility, then they can be absolutely terrifying. So a lot of times what we see people coming into the Zendo, whether it's a, uh, an ego death experience or, or not, is uh, some of the biggest fears are the, th- the threats of losing one's sanity, fear of going insane, of not coming back, um, fear of loss of self or loss of identity. 
So, you know, that, that sense of, of oneness and sense of merging is something that, you know, the mystics and many spiritual teachers have shared um, over the years as, as a place of nirvana or enlightenment, as a place that a lot of people have wanted to attain and get to. Simultaneously, uh, it's, it can be a very terrifying experience to feel that sense of oneness and, and connection um, because we don't experience ourselves as a separate uh, sovereign self. We experience ourselves as sort of merged into the experience of, of the entire cosmos, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That, and I've definitely experienced that, uh, multiple times and, and that can be a very heavy experience for somebody who's, you know, in a crowd full of people, um, not really ready or expecting that kind of experience, just kind of bobbing their head along to some DJ that they're watching. All of a sudden they've, uh, merged with Buddha consciousness and they're, uh, connected with every single person around them. That can be a little freaky. So they walk over to the Zendo now, what what's um what's kind of the protocol for? Uh, I know you mentioned there's different ways that people get to the zendo. They either walk in themselves or they're brought there. Um, but what does it look like? Do people greet you at the front, or do you have um, some kind of? Oh, well, I guess I'll just let you explain it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, we have a a greeter who is at the front, and they are really welcoming uh, the people into the space. And so if it's someone who's who's coming up and um, they are in a pretty obvious state, we kind of uh, we kind of joke a little bit that there's there's two kinds of I mean, there's many kinds of difficult experiences. But the joke is that there's two dominant kinds of difficult experiences that you see in the Zendo. And one is somebody who is who's having a difficult experience. And the other is um, other people are having a difficult experience because of that person. <laughs> so um, a lot of times the people who come in, they are having a magnificent time. They might be having a time of, of complete oneness and, and um, Buddha consciousness and awareness. And all of a sudden, you know, it's it's too much. It's too much for the people around us because in that state, there's the lack of boundaries and there's the lack of awareness of our our um, experience. And, and because it's not a state that is, uh, you, you know, that is necessarily something that our society condones or, um, you know, says that we should be having. And so when people have those huge awakening experiences, it can be terrifying for people around them, even if the person themselves might be having a relatively enjoyable time, but it might be hard to figure that out, you know, because they're in a, a place of without words. And so um, there's a greeter there at the space and they welcome the person into the Zendo. And then uh, we have sitters who are there and the sitters are there for um, for shifts of about six to eight hours. And so the person is given a sitter or a couple sitters, depending on their state. Um, sometimes there needs to be, you know, more people holding the space. And then there are four principles that we really practice in the Zendo space itself. And so while the individual experience is going to look radically different and the tools and the, um, the techniques that the sitter is using are going to look different. These four principles really tie the entire um, uh, philosophy of the Zendo together. And those, are, those principles are creating a safe space, sitting and not guiding, talking through and not down, and difficult is not the same as bad. So whether the individual is having a, a struggle and they're consciously aware of that and they bring themselves into the Zendo or they're brought in by seven people <laughs> carrying them and trying to keep them from, you know, um, 
getting into things and destroying things or potentially harming themselves or, you know, that that person comes in and those principles are applied to that person as well. So what that looks like in practice is that our volunteers are trained to create a safe, grounded presence with the individual and um, remain centered and grounded themselves. So one of our um, one of our kind of dominant philosophies is that the way that we treat psychedelic experiences, um, difficult ones specifically, ones that might seem really um, extreme or really intense, is often based in fear because our entire stigma, our entire societal stigma and fear around psychedelics. And like you said in the beginning, um, there's there's a lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. And so our hope is that our volunteers have more understanding around psychedelics, how they work, how they affect the mind, and how they affect the emotions and the body, so that they can better understand people's behavior, so that they can better respond from a place not of fear, but a place of compassion and understanding. So immediately that is helping to create that safe space, is you are coming in and your sitters are, are meeting you with acceptance and compassion and understanding, even if they may never have had the experience that you are having, um, because everyone's experience is unique. They are going to be accepting your experience because um, they are understanding what's what's going on um, to a certain extent, to the extent to which we can understand, and the rest of it remains, you know, a, a mystery. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, so there, we're creating a safe space in the Zendo that, like you said, out in the festival, that space is not there. So the sitter is um, sometimes talking and sometimes uh, reassuring the person. Uh, other times the sitter is there and they may be silent. So the situation really calls for different things and is very flexible depending on what the individual needs. Because sometimes bringing too many words into somebody's situation is actually confusing. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times what we're doing is is very much more energetic. It's much more um, working with our own energy, working with our own groundedness, our own presence, and being present with that person in their experience. And if our sitters are having a difficult time with the, the person's experience, which does happen, you know, we can get triggered. So um, just like a therapist, you know, people can get triggered for all kinds of reasons. Um, then we have a team. That's why we have a team of multiple people who can work with that person. And it's pretty amazing um, what our sitters are capable of being with in that space, the kind of extreme experiences that they might be witness to, and they're still able to remain in connection to themselves because that's the most important piece is if they can remain in connection to themselves and present for themselves and they're able to extend that presence and connection outward. Um, so that is, is the first principle. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, that is, that's, that's a much needed, um, aspect of, of the festival scene. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's just important as, you know, sometimes you go to these festivals and there's all these kinds of different things that they have there. I mean, this, this is really, I feel like, to me, a core component that can't be ignored in every single festival uh, on the planet Earth. Uh, it should it should be at every festival just the same way that you have a place to get food or a place to get drinks. I mean, this and you know, I want you to talk a little bit about. Um, uh, you mentioned the energetic uh, or the energy, the this, this having that kind of work. Um, because this is something that is 
not really a, a tangible uh, thing that many people understand, um, but it's so important when you're dealing with uh, people that are in this delicate space. So, you, can, like, can you talk a little bit about kind of the environment of of the Zendo? I, th- I, I think from what I've seen on, on your websites and some videos and stuff, it's, it seems very comfortable and cozy. And um, and just a little bit about what kind of uh, what do you mean exactly by by working with people's energies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Um, so I can use an, an analogy um, to illustrate this. So, for instance, therapy. If you go, you know, therapy is supposed to be a place where you go into your therapist and you're able to talk and share about anything that's coming up, and your therapist is going to be accepting and unconditionally supportive and and, and unconditionally loving. That's the ideal, right? Um, the ideal is that your therapist has done enough of their own work to be able to sit with someone who can share whatever's going on for them. And that's going to be held in confidence. It's going to be held um, with ethical boundaries for the person's experience. Um, and you're going to help that person stay safe as well. So um, if, imagine going into a therapist's office and, and your therapist might be saying all of these things, um, it might be, you know, telling you that you're, you're okay and that you, um, you know, that there's nothing wrong with you and that you're not broken and that <laughs> they're there to help you work on your, your personal um, growth and expansion, but that there's, you know, you're not a bad person, essentially, mm-hmm. that you're not, um, there's not something wrong with you. Um, unfortunately, that's not often how mainstream psychotherapy can, can look, but ideally that's what we're, we're shooting for. Mm -hmm. And that's what it often does look like. So imagine going into that therapist's office and they were saying all these things, but their energy and their facial features were really like, um, telling you something different. Mm -hmm. So they were either afraid of what you were going through, um, and, you know, scared of it and, and not sure what to do or uncertain, or, um, they are actually, you know, to the extreme expressing disgust or, um, uh, aversion towards you. Right. So those kind of, um, you can be saying a lot of things to somebody, but people are really reading our energy. So we are social creatures. We are attuned and we can tell in a conversation with somebody, um, what's behind someone's words. So if somebody is saying one thing, but their, um, body posture and their micro expressions on their face and the way that they are engaging with us energetically say something totally different, then we can sense that. So when someone is on a psychedelic, obviously they have a heightened sense of those things. Um, when, when you're on a psychedelic journey, you are really uh, deeply aware of often people's, um, uh, people's inner state, sometimes even more than they are. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what we're really looking to create is, um, is that environment where people really feel accepted, like their experience is accepted. And that is what is difficult to find out in the festival environment, because what's happening is that, um, there are a lot of people around of, of different, you know, um, experience with psychedelics, different experiences with their own, um, spiritual or emotional work. And, um, and so in the festival community, there's all, you know, we're just walking around, there's a, a lot of different energies. So the Zendo is a space where the people who are there are there specifically for, this. They are devoting their time to being in the space, to being sober, to being in service uh, um, for people who are experiencing difficulty. So you go in and there's an energy of, you're not a burden. 
because these people are actually here of their own willingness, of their own volition to spend time out of their festival to come and, and provide support. And they're, um, they're volunteering for this. And so there's an energy of, uh, there's a welcome energy. Whereas if you go into maybe an art gallery at a festival or a store and you're, you know, um, you're, you know, to the extreme of, of messing with things or, um, you know, coming in to have a, a heart to heart, not everybody's going to want that. Not everybody's going to be open to it. So sometimes we get people brought in by their friends and their friends are just like, you know, we respect what's going on for our friend and we love them. We just want to go out and have a good time right now. We just want to go out and party right now. Yeah. And so, you know, that's for whatever that is, like without judging that, the Zendo is a place where people know that they can bring people to us. And that actually is what we're there for. So when people are not on shift, they might be out having their own experience. They might be out having their own party and dancing, um, and, and playing, but that the way that people are playing and having fun inside the Zendo is by caring and supporting for each other in this way. So you're creating that energy field of like this container, this kind of vessel, um, where people are, um, are just welcomed with that energy of, hi, we are here for you. Yeah. Uh, imagine having a place. And it's so funny. People have this experience often in the Zendo where they start to realize, they might start to come to and start to realize where they are. And they're astonished. They're like, wait, what is this place? This place is <laughs> like for, uh, it's, this place is for me. Like I can, and there's tea and there's water and electrolytes and snacks and um, they're like they're just dumbfounded that there is this place where all of a sudden everyone is there in support of their experience and um you know we've had people akin it to like their psychedelic grandma's house and um somebody brought teddy bears this time which was a little strange i don't actually know how that helped or didn't help people's experience but but um it's a very safe comforting environment there's pillows there's blankets it's the kind of place where you know you would want want to go hang out even if you weren't having a challenging experience and so that's one of the the ways that we create safety too is we actually don't have people in the space who are not needing the services so um that's the way that we hold that's another way that we hold the container is um this place is reserved for people who are having these experiences and so it's not a a place where people can just come and lounge um because they need kind of a place to you know a place to lay down right because they're tired. It's kind of, um, we keep the space, um, reserved for this purpose so that people feel comfortable being there. And when people come up and they're interested in the space, but they're not looking for services, we explain what we do. Um, and they are often, you know, they're just super excited and super supportive of the work. And then they go out into the community and they have that information. And so they know that if they run into somebody, they can bring them to the Zendo. So that's ideal is that everybody at a festival knows um, who we are and what we do so that they can, they can bring people to us. And even better if they come to our workshops and our trainings at the events so that they can learn how to support people as well. So that, you know, those first contacts are, are some of the most important contacts. Someone's having a challenging experience. The first person that comes up upon that experience for support is going to really um, set the tone for that person's uh, experience moving forward. So it's great to have these skills and have these, um, have this information, even if you're not, you know, choosing to volunteer in the Zendo per se. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, that just sounds like, like I, I was listening to you talk and I was, I was thinking, well, this sounds like a place that I would want to go 
uh, and hang out there. You know, it sounds like a kind of place that'd be like, hey, uh, I see the Zendo there. Listen, I'm taking a heroic dose. I'll see you guys in about three hours. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's great. It sounds like you're really fostering an environment that really cherishes and encourages um you know equality and community and caring and loving a uh, group of, of of individuals that all have uh the same kind of uh morals and interests and and wants and needs and and people just looking to have fun people looking to be safe but a real a real community environment is what it sounds like to me uh, much 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 bigger and more unique uh than anything that I've ever ever heard of really yeah, yeah, it really is. It's a community. It's a family. And um, at this point in our um, development, we've tra- we've sat with over a thousand guests. We've trained um, almost as many volunteers. So it is. It's beginning to be a really well formed, connected community. And um, our kind of our kind of vision is to have. It's like a mycelial network, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Where these people are going mycelial out mushroom, their, yeah. Yeah, they're going out into their communities and they're they're creating um, this this environment and this type of of energy and this type of community wherever they go. So, um, they our people our volunteers are really everywhere, and uh, it's a really beautiful experience of coming together. And you know, I think that that's what often these transformational festivals really are: is these experiences of coming together and having these huge transformational experiences and then dispersing and the zendo really feels you know i'm biased obviously but it really feels like the pinnacle of that um oftentimes i think people go to festivals to make connections and to really deepen and um and create that community and it just happens um so organically in the zendo and you really get to uh, both the people that we work with, the volunteers that we work with, you get to see people um, in times of stress and as well as in times of really sharing their gifts with others. And you get to really know people that well, um, really well by that, you know, through that experience. And then um, and then these people who are coming in and having these vulnerable opening experiences and feeling held and feeling witnessed and the transformations that we're able to see with that. So, you know, our goal as a space is, is not to just be a place where you know, that's one of our principles is, you know, talking through and not down. And that's really that um, people come to us and their their experiences um, are getting trans- are transforming them and they're going up back out into the world as as these transformed beings and it's not just about talking people down and then they go back out and they're kind of the, you know, the same self. It's like they're going, they're going back into the world, having transformational experiences. And one of those biggest transformations that we see with people is that their relationship to substances change. Mm -hmm. They say, Oh my goodness, I did not know the power and the impact and the importance of intention and set and setting. And so it's like an educational experience for people where they go back out and they have a completely rewired kind of di- different relationship with substances. And that, to me, is really spectacular. That's amazing. Yeah. And to me, I, I was thinking, you know, the Zendo at its core, the, the principles that you mentioned and the philosophy surrounding the Zendo and what you guys do to kind of integrate into the festival scene seems like such a, a seamless, harmonious, uh, you know, uh, combination uh, something that seems natural. I mean, I can only imagine if Zendo was around in the 1960s during that explosion of, uh, of awakening and consciousness. But um, that's that's one of the things that we don't. Well, that I guess you guys are kind of pioneering the way in terms of educating people. 
I, I see the, the philosophy as being something very, very important. The, the, the idea of harm reduction um, and, and what, you, you know, what you stand for is something that could be integrated into all levels of society uh, as far as I'm concerned. And so uh, I personally happen to think that we're experiencing a, a you know, shift of consciousness or whatnot or an awakening. And uh, you guys are definitely a big part of that. What do you see for, uh, I guess, the grand vision, the, the you know, the, maybe one of the biggest forest reaching goals of, of, of Zendo? Um, uh, to, 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 I know you want to expand to other festivals, but is there something more uh, to that? Or are you just kind of taking it one step at a time for now? That's a great question. Uh, one of the things that we uh, sometimes joke around about is that, um, ideally we become obsolete someday <laughs> because, uh, these, these teachings and this philosophy just become so second nature because you're absolutely right that this is so applicable to every aspect I think of life. It's really learning how to be with other human beings with compassion and respect and acceptance and love. And, um, what that always starts with is learning how to be with ourselves in that same way. But we often learn how to do that for ourselves by learning how to do that first with others. And so, um, we can always use in this world more extension of love and acceptance and compassion, regardless of who you are or where you live. And so I really agree with, with what you spoke there. I think that it's so, um, so symbolic, the work that happens in the Zendo of, of work that needs to be happening on, on a community, on a family, on a global level. And so, um, yeah. yeah, there's, there's that aspect of it is that, you know, hopefully we just help to support with other harm reduction organizations that start to, um, pop up. There's been a number of organizations popping up in, in, uh, Europe, and uh, down in South and Central America as well, and as well as a couple in the U- U.S. And so there are, and the, these people contact us and say, you know, you've been um, an inspiration for us and we're using your material as we learn how to do this. And so ideally that's what we're, we're going for is that there's more and more kind of communities that start to, start to self-organize and create this. And then uh, the, the goal is, um, one of my goals is to have this not just be about events. I think that um, one thing that um, people notice when they go to an event like Burning Man is that what people are doing at Burning Man isn't just about Burning Man. It's right. not just about that week out there. It's about how can we take these skills and apply them to our society. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it really is, for me, one of the biggest goals of the Zendo is that application. Okay, how can we apply this to society? How can we create more kind of sanctuary, like literal spaces, as well as in, infuse that sort of um, way of being and that philosophy into society. And so, you know, right now, one way that might look is, um, is having alternatives to hospitalization clinics uh, that are for people who are either on a substance or, you know, experiencing having extreme state, altered state experiences. And there's lots of people every year who have, um, who contact us who have had uh, spiritual experiences not related to psychedelics, kundalini awakenings, experiences with meditation, Uh where they are really needing help 
integrating. Um, so places for people to go who are behaving uh, differently <laughs> than what is necessarily accepted in our society. Where, you know, those people go to hospitals. Uh, they get hospitalized. And we don't always get the best care in hospitals when it comes to um, mental illness. We often just get medication, and medication often doesn't address the root causes of the issues, right? So there's um there's a lot of interesting kind of uh, overlaps between the work that MAPS is doing um, with work with work like um, MDMA for PTSD because what we're seeing in the Zendo is the trauma coming up often. It's people's experiences in their own lives of their personal traumas as well as tapping into collective experiences of trauma. And so um, what we're working to do on the MAPS level is help to to treat trauma and help people um, heal from trauma. And so I think that those two go hand in hand, you know, how we respond to trauma when it arises and um, how we also work to prevent it from continuing to happen because we, the, the cycle that we're stuck in now, I believe as, as humanity is just continuing to re-traumatize, continuing to re-traumatize because we are not um, healing. We are not addressing the root causes of our trauma, which is disconnection, right? Uh -huh. Which is um, lack of love. So wherever there's trauma, there's been lack of love and there's been fear. And so it's bringing that love and acceptance to places on our planet that, um, and within ourselves, because we are microcosms, which is something we, we often experience, people often experience on psychedelics, right? That realization that your own process and your own trauma and experience is a microcosm for what's happening on a global level. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really see them going hand in hand. Um, and I see that the Zendo, you know, hopefully in a, in a post prohibitionist world where people have more freedom, cognitive liberty around what they're ingesting and there's more education focused and less punitive focused measures. Um, the hope is that what Zendo is really creating is an example of how people can care and support one another um, in the psychedelic community, but also beyond the psychedelic community. Wow, that was great. I think that's a, a perfect uh, way to kind of uh, end, end the program there. And I love the fact that you said cognitive liberty, because that's what I'm all about. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that is, um, that, that's, a, that's a great, uh, great vision to have. And uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so before, uh, before we go, I just want to, uh, say, well, I'm going to be actually attending the horizons, uh, psychedelic conference here. So I'll probably see some of your colleagues, uh, this, this weekend. Um, yes. and, uh, and hopefully uh, I'll have this up before then I, I most likely will. Um, actually I definitely will. What am I talking about? <laughs> That's why we're doing it here. Um, so so tell people, uh, I guess where they can find you, how they can get involved, you know, give, uh, Give your, I guess, ending Zendo uh, pitch uh, for, for people to come and find you and maybe even uh, participate as volunteers, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are always looking for, for more people to join our community and, um, and volunteer with us. So if you go to zendoproject.org, then you can find all the information there about volunteering, uh, how to sign up as a volunteer, uh, what events we do. And we have one more event for this season, uh, Utopia, down in San Diego, at San Diego's Regional Burn. And then we are done for this season um, and likely until February for Envision Festival. 
So um, you can find out more information on the website, and there's also a place to to donate. Um, so people can direct directly donate to the project. We are part of MAPS, which is a nonprofit. So all of the work that we do is with through the support of donors, and um, we really um, just appreciate anything, really anything that people can give, and really helps and supports the project. And so um, you can also visit the donate page on our website. Cool. And um, yeah, you can also find more information about resources and training. Um, we have an education page on the website um, that has all kinds of um, videos and articles with lots of information about the Zendo and about psychedelic harm reduction. So you can learn more there. Yeah, and I and that's great. And I follow uh, Maps and 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 stuff. Uh, some other people over on like Facebook and Twitter. Are you active on social media at all, or? We are. Um, we do have a Facebook page, Zendo Project, um, and we have a Twitter as well. Um, and it's all Zendo Project. So, so pretty easy to find. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we have an Instagram page as well. And you just have pictures of people freaking out on that. <laughs> no, <laughs> totally confidential space. No I'm pictures. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we have pictures of the festivals. We have pictures of the space itself before there's anybody in there. Um, and we also give uh, updates on campaigns that we're doing, um, fundraisers that we're doing throughout the year. Uh, we put on kind of smaller events as well throughout the year. And, and um, so, yeah, that's what those are for. Great. Well, yeah, I hope to uh, I hope to come by uh, someday. I mean, I'm here in New York, but uh, I travel a little bit, so hopefully I'll be able to uh, come by a Zendo tent sometime and say hi. Yeah, taking taking that heroic dose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done that one too many times. Uh, but uh, but yeah, this was a great conversation, Sarah. I'm so glad you were able to join me today. And uh, once again, people go uh, follow Zendo Maps and and donate and support this uh, this uh, cause, this journey. Uh, it's a beautiful thing they're doing, and uh, I'm a huge fan. And thank you so much again for for being on the show. Thank you so much for.